Captain's Log, Stardate 76456. The USS Vigilant has been tasked with conducting a routine atmospheric survey near the Delphic Expanse. In doing so, I cannot help but think of Admiral Jonathan Archer and his crew in the years before Starfleet and the Federation being what it is today. Commander Eric joins me and leads the survey team. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to Admiral Jonathan Archer. Welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for um, an adventure in the uh, whatever century that is, 22nd century, I don't know. My dear friend, Commander Eric, how are you, bud? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Chase? Man, I'm just peachy. Um, just peachy. It's, you know, we're, I'm in this like weird place, I f- and maybe you are too, where, you know, I'm not teaching right now, but I'm kind of seeing clients, but I have so much time on my hands that I have no idea what to friggin' do with it right now. Like, I feel weird just chilling you re- at home. You re- Rewatch Star Trek. Uh, that's that's true. That's that's what you do, my dude. <laughs> you, you, you rewatch. You read, Star- you read Star Trek books. <laughs> you read the books. You watch the shows. You read some fanfic. You make some fanfic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? You record podcasts. You record podcasts. Yeah. You, know, you stack them up. You get a bunch of them ready to release. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Back the truck up, my dude. <laughs> no, don't let them in on the magic. You know oh. what I'm saying? Okay. All right. <laughs> In all yeah, it is a though. it is a weird little it is a weird little time. Uh, you know, for me, it's kind of even more weird because when I taught college for all those years, I used to have like four or five weeks of a break. Right? There were like some days I wouldn't go back until I remember. Um, it was in 2020, right? So it was like still in the time of COVID, but it was the fall of 2020. Like, because Thanksgiving fell so late in the year, right? Because I think November 1st was on a Friday. So Thanksgiving was like as late as it possibly could. Um, the only thing we had left after our Thanksgiving break was finals, right? We didn't come back to class at all. It was just finals after yeah. Thanksgiving break. So we had all of our instruction done before then. And um, and because it was in that 2020, that year of COVID, students weren't returning to campus for finals all finals were online we were we were full in class for instruction but the finals were just online so like they just had to work on them during that week sometime during that week but like i didn't have to be there to proctor anything and because they were online they were graded for me so i didn't really like have any work to do and so think of like that first week of december and then we didn't go back to class until Martin Luther, the day after Martin Luther King Day. Wow. That's like, what, I mean, five, six about, weeks? Yeah. And if you count Thanksgiving, it's like a seventh week. Dude, that's like a first session of a semester for me. Like, our, like we do we do two sessions. Like, we do seven weeks, we get it like a week break, and then we do the next seven weeks. So, like, you just had a semester session off, basically. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was nice. And, and now I'm like... Man, this teaching high school, I only get two weeks off? That's not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I think I mentioned this like on one of the episode recaps that we did recently, but, um, you know, like the, the session ended for us. Uh, what was that? That would have been, um, so classes ended, I guess that would have been December 11th officially, but then you have to like get grades in and stuff. But I also had my grades in on December 11th. Well, like, I'm just like looking at the calendar. I mean, this is my first time as faculty, right? Like actual, like legit faculty. So I don't, I don't know all the nuance that everyone else knows. Like I'm just, I kind of have to like, I'm at their mercy, like to know like what's right, what's not right. So we're like in our meetings and stuff. And like my program director's like, Hey, you have to have everything in by the 19th. And, um, like I'm in, and he's like, I'm going to be out that week. I'm already starting to like pack things up. I'm like, wait, I thought, we weren't off until like after the 23rd. He's like, oh no, 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 as, as faculty, as soon as your grades are submitted, you're done until January 3rd. I'm like, what? Why didn't anyone tell me this? Like now I have like, like two and a half, three weeks off. I'm like, what do I do with all this time? <laughs> so yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's weird. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a weird problem to have that I'm sure other people are kind of maybe like, jealous yeah. of, but like, Oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm ready to like get back to the grind already. And it feel weird for admitting that. No, no, I, I need my time. I need my break, right? It's nice. It is nice. It's nice, you know? And like over the summer, like I was used to having like, honestly, like a 10, 11, 12 week break over the summer. Cause you, you know, you can fit the eight, the eight week summer semester in there. And then there's like at least two weeks on each side of that mm-hmm. and so and i'm like dang and now i'm only gonna get like six weeks off like half that time How about that huh it's still six weeks but it's, it's like half of what i'm used to yeah yeah and like that's the thing i'm not looking forward to is like when spring semester ends like i think it's april 19th or something like that it's like you breathe, you get your grades in, and then Monday, summer semester starts. And Oh, wow. There's no time. I mean, like, I think there might be a week, maybe. Okay. But, I mean, in there, like, you're getting grades turned in, you're flying up, you're doing, like, graduation and everything. Uh, and yeah. Then, mm-hmm. And then teaching all summer. So, like, it's, it's that. It's like doing that all summer until August 13th, get maybe a week off. And then flying up for a faculty workshop and then starting the thing all over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. It's Hashtag teacher problems. It's the grind, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, it's gonna it's gonna be a long road getting from there to here or here to there. <sighs> yeah. But you know what else is happening right now in my world? What's happening right now in your world? During this break, I found myself in a love me, love my dog situation. Okay. okay. <laughs> right? Do tell. Is this one of those love me, love my dogs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not talking about Janeway today, but <laughs> it was too good, right? Oh, no. Man. So, you know, Raquel has her dog, her big German Shepherd, yeah. Hercules, and, and, you know, we can't he can't live with us because we live in an apartment and it's he's big and my cat right who's 20 years old right 15 years old right so we try to bring him over every now and then but we decided like well let's bring him over for like a longer period of time than just a weekend 
So, look, we've got two weeks here. Let's just bring him over for two weeks. But, like, I'm home, but she's at work. Mm. So now I hear I'm home all day with Hercules, right? Your dog dad. I know I'm being, I'm love me, love my dog, right? We're taking him on walks to the bathroom. He's, he follows me. It's like Hercules. I'm just going to the other room. He's like, I would prefer if we went together. (laughs) (laughs) But we're bond, we're bonding. (laughs) Oh man. No, it's, I, no, he's a good dog and we're bonding. I don't mind watching it. Yeah. He's a good doggo. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because it's, you I mean, it's, it's it's a package deal, right? I know, right? You love know. me, love my dog. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm supposed to try to teach him, like, a new trick this week, but I don't know. I don't know anything about training dogs, so I don't know how to teach that. I'm sure there's, like, YouTube videos and things I could watch. There we go. But, like, I'm content. We're just chilling on the couch. I mean, you, you do what you do, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get plenty of, um... Like bagging strips, you know, some some milk bones, whatever those things are. Yeah. Teach him to sit, to shake, to do something. Well, he knows how to sit. He knows sit. He knows sientate. Hmm. Because you know he's he's a bilingual dog. Hmm. Right, because you know he's smarter he's, than me. Well, I mean, you know, Raquel's first language is Spanish, and and she lives with and Hercules lives with Raquel's mom. And, and her sister, who both Spanish is their first language, right? And so they speak Spanish to Hercules. So mm-hmm. he's a bilingual dog. Which is good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gets sientate better than <laughs> sit. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Well. They always laugh at me when I try to talk to the dog in Spanish, too. Like, hola. No, like when I try to say sientate, they're like they kind of laugh because like, I'm not saying it quite correctly. And I don't siéntate. have an accent. I don't have an accent. Sientate. Yeah, but I don't have I don't have any semblance of a Hispanic accent. Well, look, you got. I don't time. have any accent at all. You you got time, okay? We're I'm from the Midwest. We don't have accents. Well, Although I want to, I want, I want to try to develop a nice Texas drawl here. You know, people. Okay, that's the thing. Let's let's go there for a second. So, <laughs> I'm 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 like straight up Texan. Like I go all the way back to the founding of this great state. In my opinion, I know there's a, there's a McKinney, Texas. There is a McKinney, Texas. There's also a Collin County, who is the name. My, my sixth great grandfather is Collin McKinney. Mm-hmm. So Collin McKinney is the namesake for Collin County and McKinney, Texas. He is also one of the original signers and drafters of the Texas Declaration of Independence. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were that ingrained. Yeah, I am Texas famous, yo. What's up? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like that's the thing that's like kind of annoying is that I think I might have had like a little bit of an accent um, up until the time that I moved to Michigan. And then I guess it had to have been like, you know, just being there from you know eighth grade through college or university for our, our international listeners um <laughs> yeah eighth grade through university that i must have it like lost it because like yeah. people are like you're from texas you don't have an accent i'm like 
Oh, not trust all, me. Not all Texans have an accent. But trust me, like whenever I get around like certain folks, like it comes out. Like I get a twang and it, it comes out. Like for real. Yeah, that's like my mom with her sisters. Like, you know, my mom's a New Yorker. I do, yeah. But she hasn't she hasn't lived in New York since she she left when she went to college, you know, back in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and she never she never moved back. You know, she went to Philadelphia for college and then Michigan for grad school, for right. law school, and never went back to New York. So she's lived elsewhere away from New York for longer than she ever lived there. But like her sister still kept living there, and they have they're New Yorkers, right? You can tell they're New Yorkers. They've got the New York accent, and when my mom gets back around them, you can hear it slip out that that New York accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I have a dear friend. Uh, we we were doing our our doc program together, and she's from New York, like upstate New York. I think near. Oh, where is it? Don't make a liar out of me, Chase. I want to say she's like probably near. I think she grew up near Rochester. I think. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, like sometimes like her New York stuff comes out too. But like she's lived um, there, California, Hawaii, and uh, Texas. So mainly because she's married to um, a military. She has a military spouse. So, yay, traveling. <laughs> So, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy. So, well, that being that being said, shall we uh, get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, it has been um, it has been a long road um, getting to this point uh, with with our captain's list of stuffs. We started doing definitive uh, captain stuff. What two years ago? Uh, close to three. Ooh. I mean, we we did the first one for Picard back in like January of 2020, before Star Trek Picard premiered season one. Right. It was it was in preparation for it, like going into that yes. first season. That was almost three years ago. Okay. Well, it's not yet been three years. Not <laughs> not, not quite. We're not, not quite. there. Yet. We're not there yet. So, uh, what we're what we've did as a result, right? Like we went from you know him, we went to Kirk. We've uh, done what Cisco and Janeway. Now we're kind of rounding it out with Archer, our very first captain. Um, so, like always, if you've never listened to one of our definitive captain episodes, what we do, uh, th- again, if this is your first time like listening to one of these episodes, what we do is. Eric and I, we make up a list of what we think to be like essential episodes. Like if you just needed like a brief, like 10 to 12 ish episode primer, this is what we would recommend type of thing. And as always, we never, ever, ever share our list with one another. So we have no idea what is on each other's list. And it's always hilarious and fun. It's like, oh, I didn't expect you to put that on there. It's on there. That's happened more than yeah. a few times. Yeah, and we did, yeah. And and then we're like, and then I come up with one. I know this is not on his list. And then it shows up on his list. <laughs> he didn't he didn't put this one there. Dang it, he man, he did. I'm proud of you for putting that one. Like like go back to Cisco and you put, you know, you put explorers. And I was yeah. like, that's not gonna be there. And you know, I was like, I'm so proud of you for putting explorers <laughs> on the Cisco list. <laughs> oh shoot. I'm I'm glad I can still surprise you uh, from time to time. So, yeah, 
Um, anyway, so we uh, we this is not like we're not ranking these right um, or anything. Typically, it's in chronological order. Um, again, like if this were if this were like a primer to like really understand the character of um, Captain Jonathan Archer, um, this is what we would recommend. So again, there might be some overlap. There might not be some overlap. There might be some surprises. There might be some heartbreak based on these lists. Who knows? Um, but but that's where we're at. And um, at the end of all this, you know, we'll also um, eventually post these on socials so that you can actually see it and go back and watch it. Um, wherever you decide to watch um, Star Trek Enterprise, or as it was, it used to be called, just Enterprise. So, I think the only place to watch it anymore is Paramount Plus. You can buy it on other oh, platforms. Okay. Yeah, but it's not on. I don't think it's on Star Trek's on Netflix anymore. It's not. No, <laughs> it's not. No, but there are like, um, I think the original. I think the original series movies are all on HBO Max right now, oh, which okay. is interesting. But it's, it's a licensing deal, so it's probably going to be there for a while before it yeah, all reverts absolutely. to Paramount Plus. So, okay. All right. Well, um, I'm just going to go ahead and get started because I'm assuming that the first episode is the same for both. <laughs> well, of us. before we before we get into to the list, okay. I'd like Jonathan Archer. Played by Scott Bakula, Captain who, Quantum. Yes, who is science fiction royalty? I, I don't have any issues saying that, and I don't think anyone is going to question me saying that. He, you know, he was the main character, Doctor Sam Beckett, on Quantum Leap. Great show. Everyone, go and watch that original um, Quantum Leap. The yeah, I haven't seen any of the new the new stuff. The original Quantum Leap from the from the late eighties, early nineties is a fantastic show. Scott Bakula is amazing in it as an actor. All the different characters he falls into, and Dean Stockwell is his running mate there as Admiral Al Calavici. Um, Dean Stockwell is gonna you know he shows up in other things from time to time that's he's, true he's really he's really great um but yeah they uh <clears throat> they uh, wrote this role with scott bacula in mind and it was to like give it some more credibility mm -hmm. i i know that like i guess patrick stewart had had like a career before star trek but he wasn't like really well known to the masses and and um uh Oh my God, Avery Brooks. You know he was on a television show, right? He, Hawk, but that wasn't like super known to the masses. And Kate Mulgrew as well. She wasn't like a well-known person, but you know, here you come out with Scott Bakula, right? It gives it gives, lends some cr real credibility to this character, and and I think he does a fantastic job. And I think his performance is is really underrated here. I mean, you always see the captain rankings, and he's fifth in pretty much most you know professional writers captains rankings but I, I i just think scott bacula is amazing here in this role absolutely and i think uh, i mean i think the more recent show that he's been on has was uh what ncis new orleans and then yeah mm -hmm. um i just like kind of fangirled a little bit when i watched um uh chuck and he played um the Zachary Levi's character, yeah, he's uh, Chuck's dad. dad. He's Chuck's dad. Yeah, Chuck's yep. dad. Chuck's parents. Look, look at who Chuck's parents are. His dad is 
Sam Beckett and Jonathan Archer, and his mom is Sarah Connor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Talk about sci-fi royalty, like all there. I mean, yeah. it'd be perfect if like his aunt was like Sigourney Weaver or something like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That'd be funny. That would be something. That'd be something. So yes, um, yeah, we we have we have another heavy hitter in the center seat with this particular show. Um, so this this um, show came out 2001, uh, ran until 2005, and this like um, the show that Eric and I um, end up talking about seems like in every friggin' episode or close to every friggin' episode. This came out uh, around the same time that 24 did, which was also around the same time that we were having um, the um, 9/11 attack in New York. So we were kind of like just kind of putting us in like that frame of mind, like with where the show was and like the landscape and how like that 2000, that late 2001 landscape would later impact right. Future seasons and narratives for enterprise itself, mm-hmm. it's particularly in season three, end of season two and all of season three. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> and then, and you know, as always there are, there's, there's episodes that you can find more relevance to even today than back when they aired. And mm-hmm. I think, I think there's definitely some things that we're going to talk about that, that I feel like, ha- you know, have definitely real relevance in today's world. For sure. And something tells me that at least one of my episodes will be one of them. Yeah, definitely. That's what Eric calls a tease. That's what they call a tease in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so with that, let's 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 get into it. So, um, again, chronological order, and uh, no story is complete. No list of a, of a character is complete without the origins, without the beginning, and that has to be Broken Bow. It has to be Broken Bow, which is the first like a two parter episode um, where everyone is introduced, particularly Captain Archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I typically don't put these on my lists of because i know you're going to put them on there right so like i don't have i don't have caretaker on my list for janeway i didn't have emissary on my list for for cisco i don't have broken bow on my list because i know i knew you were gonna put it thanks bud i'm so predictable huh (laughs) well you know (laughs) so yeah this whole the whole enterprise um, series kicks off with this and also kicks off a few narrative pieces too one of which being the temporal cold war which starts off here too which is a pain in the, the rear end for many folks throughout this series it's part fun part annoying I don't mind the temporal cold war like at all I don't know why there's so much vitriol from the fan base directed to it yeah was it the greatest story no did it get resolved in like were all of the answers posed you know were all the answers given to us no but like who cares it it was an interesting little through line that 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 they managed to weave into every season like something about it they managed to pop up yeah and so as i was um like even like looking more into the temporal cold war um, people at the studio were like, we want there to be like a more futuristic something or another, like kind of fit in to this series. 
and that's where that like this the studio is the one that came up with the idea of like this futuristic war this futuristic time travel kind of war and that's how we ended up with the temporal cult wars like studio execs like we need this instead of just like you know submarine in space type of thing mm-hmm. yeah and uh it runs through the show and i i'm assuming that what we call in discovery season three the temporal wars i'm assuming that's the same thing mm-hmm. they drop the word cold from it you know and then we have the temporal accords in in discovery's future timeline right right so it's with, like a thing that ran through goes through yeah and i mean even with discovery right like um well i think it was actually it was both in discovery and it was also stated here in enterprise that the temporal cold war temporal wars whatever you want to call it was something that ran through the 30th and 31st centuries and you know here we are in discovery you know and it's we're in the 32nd century so yeah we're not too far removed from it in that far-flung future that burnham and company end up in mm-hmm. yeah and it, it this is this is one of the stronger pilot episodes like i i would argue this is a stronger episode than encounter at farpoint like not that there's anything wrong with like it's just encounter at farpoint it's just it's two, ep- it's two episodes that they tried to squeeze together. It, it's not one episode. It's like two really different ideas. Yeah. And it kind of makes for a, a it doesn't quite fit um, as interesting as like the trial is. Right. Um, right. You know, Emissary, I think, is a really good episode, but I can see how people think it's a little slow. Right. I can I can get that. And then, you know, Caretaker, I think Caretaker is probably the best pilot star trek ever made and this is probably right up there yeah it's it's an exciting it's an exciting episode you know it kicks off with it you know klingon being chased through the woods and a big explosion and then you know there's lots of there's lots it's action-packed definitely not that like that's necessarily what we need from star trek but it definitely has it for sure for sure all right what do you got eric Okay, well, it's the first episode on my list, and what I think is, 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 is if it's not one of the best, it, it's definitely, I think it is one of the best episodes of the show, but I would say it's a more important episode than it is, like, one of the best, and that's the Andorian incident. Okay. I, I love the mess out of this episode, right? I mean, it's a, it's, it introduces us to you know the Andorians like we haven't seen an Andorian on screen since the original series you know we went through three television shows and we didn't see one which you know as a founding member of the Federation seems kind of strange but I get that like there's a lot of makeup and prosthetics that goes into them right um, so we bring back the Andorians you know and we're introduced to Shran Boy, are we introduced to Shran? Played by played by Star Trek, Star Trek legend Jeffrey Combs. I thought you were going to say I like Star Trek royalty. I feel confident in saying Star Trek legend Jeffrey Combs because he truly is. Like yeah. I, I think him and um, Vaughn Armstrong, who is who plays um, Ar- Admiral Forrest yeah. in this show. I think those are those the, those two actors played more characters than anybody in the history of Star Trek. For sure. For sure. I mean, I, maybe not not counting uh, Jimmy Doohan, who, like, he did, like, some on-screen stuff besides Scotty, but also a lot of voice stuff in animated series. Yeah, he was all of the... Wasn't he, like, all of the 
basically. Besides yeah. the main cast, he was all, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it's a good episode. It's a really good episode, the Andorian incident. It sets up so many plot lines that come after it, right? And, you know, Archer at the end. All this time, they've been accusing you of using this monastery as a listening outpost. And all this time, they were right. I was trying to defend you to them, but, like, how dare you lie to me as well? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he as, like, the the honest and moral person that we find Jonathan Archer to be, he, he you know, he, he lets the Andorians go with, like, all the pictures and the scans that they want of this listening station. Yeah. Yeah. So this was on my list also. Mm-hmm. Which was pro- hopefully to be expected. Yeah, I think I think this is one of like the five most important episodes of the entire show. Right, and, and and it's not just like what happens like with the Vulcans and like the early mistrust of Vulcans, right? Which we've always like up to this point, like Vulcans have always been our buddies, like we've been friends and you know chummy with them, but not so much early on when we're trying to do this whole like space exploration kind of thing. Um, the reason I chose it is not just because of like like doubling down on like that Vulcan mistrust piece that we had been hearing since the the pilot came out in Broken Bow, but also like the friendship that starts with Archer and Shran, and like that's a through line with this series. So like, I mean, yeah, like Archer is like the captain, but you can't know the captain without also knowing his relationships as well so that's that was my my rationale for choosing this episode and it's just a darn good episode it it is so um that was on my list that was actually my third one on my list so let me go back to number two um real quick and i've had this um this particular episode on another list um, in the past and it's probably not one that Listeners would probably expect Eric might expect it. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I know what you're gonna say. Terra Nova. Mm. How, why? Why? Why is that? Well, I mean, we talked about this on on a first contacts episode mm-hmm. uh, a while ago, and and there's a great quote from it that I'm sure you have queued up and ready I to do. say. And 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 it makes perfect sense. Like this is this is a big character moment for Archer. Yeah. Um. And, and this is the part that I also like want to preface, like also like I want to add um, like a little addendum to how I organize this. So I was trying to explain this to Eric uh, pre-show, um, but I'm like, I'll just explain it whenever I get on there. So everything is in sequential order and everything evolves in terms of my categories. So I have three overall categories. Uh, the first category is Archer the Explorer. And then... Okay. Um, my second category is um, Archer the Commander, and my third and final category is Archer the Founder. So okay, so okay. I have so Broken Bow, Terra Nova, and Andorian Incident so far are in Archer the Explorer categories. Okay. 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 Um, I have a few more for Archer the Explorer before we go into the the subsequent categories, but. I love, love, love Terra Nova. It's like one of those, like, kind of, like, off, like just kind of off the beaten path kind of episodes. But this episode, like I said in the first contact episode that we did, uh, like the first first contacts, I think this is so important. Like in terms of like Archer being still pretty green 
at being a captain and like trying to figure out like what are the ethics and the whatever stuff of like how we interact with people. And I just love this quote. Um, and Archer's talking to um, Ensign Mayweather with this. He says, I, uh, Archer says, I don't want to risk any more casualties. Despite how they look, they're still human. We've got to find some way to talk to them. Mayweather, they didn't seem too eager to talk. Archer, if I can't make first contact with other human I don't have any business being out here. So like yeah. this is just setting the, setting the stage for the eventual prime directive, general order one, whatever <laughs> kind of stuff and how we go about doing our exploration, boldly going and all that other fun stuff. I, I, I love that. Like just where Archer's at with this episode and like how he's mm -hmm. trying to make sense of stuff, even though there's not anything formally in place to, to do anything with. Yeah, and 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 along that same line, there, there's two episodes that like I I couldn't I couldn't make room for them on my list, but but I think they fit, and I don't know if they're on Chase's list. I think they fit with what he's trying to say here, and I'm just gonna mention them now, and that's um, Civilization and um, Dear Doctor, or two. I don't know if either of those are on your list. They're not. Okay, but they have they both have these great moments and these great quotes in them that I think fit exactly with what you're trying to say like archer like the explorer and trying to figure out how do i how do i make contact with people and civilization is a really early episode and like they they find a pre-warp civilization and they're not going to go down there to paul says don't go down there we can send a probe and and archer's like starfleet could have sent a probe out here to make maps and take pictures but they didn't they sent us so that we could explore with our own senses, mm. right? It's like we could just we could just send probes all day. We don't have to have a ship of people out here, but we're out here and we're exploring, and we we want to do these things on our own. And he's like so excited to do that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then and in the Dear Doctor episode, uh, this is the one where like uh, there's there's two humanoid species on a planet, and one of them is like has a disease, but it's really just natural selection i guess and like the like the less evolved species is going to survive and eventually become the dominant species but the doctor figures out a flox figures out a cure or cure or way to stop this and he's like not sure if he should and archer says someday my people are going to come up with some sort of doctrine something that tells us what we can and can't do out here should and shouldn't do until somebody tells me that they've drafted that directive I'm going to have to remind myself that we didn't come out here to play God. And so it's like alluding to like the prime directive of we don't interfere. You know, we just let net, we let civilizations go on their own, but like you can tell, you can tell he's wrestling with this yeah. and just like future captains have wrestled with the prime directive as well. Like the prime directive tells me I can't get involved, but like my conscience tells me, I need to step in and he, yeah. he's wrestling with it, but he doesn't Archer doesn't have all of those structures to fall back on no. like all of our other captains do. That's right. That's right. And I just, I love that quote and I know like what it say, whatever you want about the evolutionary biology aspect of that episode, the moral dilemma that they face there, I think is really interesting. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's why I like Terra Nova so much for a, an Archer episode is because you're making first contact with other humans if you can't i mean like how can you do first contact if you can't even do it with like 
people that are biologically I mean obviously like they're novens right but they're they evolve they or they they stem from or whatever you know they are prior humans that just have developed and whatever you get the idea so uh, so yeah we've already gotten through the uh, the first three on mine so broken bow Terra Nova Andorian incident um, what else, what was number two on your list bud okay, number two on my list is I, I think an episode that sometimes gets overlooked but I, I I really enjoy this episode and I think it should be on here and it's from season one it's called detained okay okay and this is where Dean Stockwell pops up right you know uh, Scott Bakula's running buddy on quantum leap he plays the Colonel Grat of this Tandaran military and basically what happens is Archer and Mayweather wake up and they're in uh, an internment camp right and there's a bunch of Suliban there because these Tandarans have decided all Suliban are terrible people because because some Suliban the Cabal working with Silic have you know joined this temporal cold war and they're launching their attacks throughout the Tandaran sector and so the Tandarans have decided all Suliban are bad people and we're just going to round them up and lock them up and throw them in internment and say it's for their own protection and and you see Archer you know he's he's at first Archer thinks they're all bad people right he's like how dare you make that little girl member of the cabal? It's like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, that's mm-hmm. Suleban tell. And then Archer comes to learn that, you know, he's got these preconceived notions about these Suleban and they're not all true. And, and he's, you know, he has to decide, you know, do I keep these notions about everybody or do I learn and grow? And, and is this part of how I become a better Starfleet officer, how I become a better captain? Right. Right. And I think there just are a lot of. I mean, obviously, it's a parallel. I mean, Archer even mentions a parallel to a Japanese internment camp during during World War II, where Japanese Americans were rounded up and put in these things. But I mean, I also think there's relevance to today with immigration issues and us looking at some of you know <clears throat> foreigners, Hispanics, people from. Uh, different countries and in, in, uh, in, you know in the United States and we're we tend to label them put them and label them with broad strokes and I think there's something that we can learn from this agreed I'd agree with that I would but I just I just really like this episode I think Archer <clears throat> Archer gets an education and and it's also you know all our education and how to like accept other cultures but like you know, not everybody is going to be as open-minded as we are, and that's something we have to learn as well. For sure. Going back to even what we were just talking about, like with um, like first contact issues that are going to be stemming uh, um, stemming and um, prime directive and all the other stuff. So, um, so my so my next uh, um, episode is um I feel like it's more of a moment than it is the episode but I'm going to just give it the episode um okay. and and this is probably one like yeah I figured it was going to be on your, your list chase but um shockwave as a story yep shockwave is on my list so we're we're at the end of the first season beginning of the second season with this story and um we're we're dealing with like temporal cold war stuff among other things. Um, 
and at the same time we're we're being the, the crew is basically being shut down or trying like the whole like warp 5 program and like the whole exploration program that the enterprise is part of um, being shut down like the Vulcan saying I knew it we always knew it you weren't ready type of thing and um, this is like I think this is like one of my favorite like Archer moments like Archer speeches period like I get a little weepy every time I hear him say this I don't know why but I do it's at the very very end of Shockwave part 2 where Ambassador Saval has criticized Archer's actions during um, Enterprise's first 10 months in space. That's where this is taking place. And Archer says this. He's, he's on the bridge. He's like, you know, speaking into the screen after being dressed down by Vulcans and whatnot, by, by Saval. He says, when I was in my early 20s on a trip to East Africa, I saw a gazelle giving birth. It was truly amazing. Within minutes, the baby was standing up, standing up on its own. A few more minutes, and it was walking before I knew it, it was running alongside its mother, moving away with the herd. Humans aren't like that, Ambassador. We may come from the same planet as those gazelles, but we're pretty much helpless when we're born. It takes us months before we're able to crawl, almost a full year before we can walk. Our deep space mission isn't much different. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure more than a few, before we, before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. I'm sorry you can't see that. Yeah, it's a really good quote. And then Saval says, your metaphor is crude. <laughs> right. <clears throat> no, but that, that episode, that was on my list. I, we, we were alluded to this by, by Daniels, the temporal color agent, like the importance of Jonathan Archer. Like he's super important to the future and the founding of the Federation and that like without him, there is no Federation. And so... Yeah, it's a little heavy-handed, like, Archer is so important, and, you know, we have to protect Archer at all costs. But, yeah, we get he's important to the future. But I I love this episode because, yeah, they've had this accident that wasn't supposed to happen, and Archer is, like, down on himself. He's, mm -hmm. like, because he, he blames himself, and, and, like, the mission's been canceled, and they're going to go home, and he's just basically going to roll over and take it. And so he's talking with T'Pol in his ready room, and she's like... Is this what humans call feeling sorry for themselves? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, she's like, I, he's like, I wish I was simply feeling sorry for myself, but actually I'm feeling sorry for a whole lot of people. Every member of Starfleet, in fact, their future depended on my ability to succeed at this mission. So like he is feeling sorry for himself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then to Paul's like, you're very adept at list listing the questionable decisions you've made. But there have been other decisions, many of them, that no one would question. I'm willing to try to convince my government of that. Are you willing to try to convince yours? And he goes, you know, this has to be the first time a Vulcan has ever attempted to cheer up a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a good moment. And it's, it's also one of those, like, more important to the plot, right, I think. And then, and then there's the, the few of the good moments. In yeah. There. Yeah. So what number was that on your list, dude? That was the, the third one. That on was the third list. one. Okay. Yes. Okay. Was it both parts or just like both shockwaves parts. of a story? I, I just, I just said shockwave. Okay. Okay. Um, so because I, I'm pretty sure I have more on my list than, than you do right now. Uh, let me just go ahead and get through my next two. 
Um, and okay. then we can keep on trucking from there. So okay. to round out my my Archer the Explorer list, um, I have um, these two. And they're at different points in Season 2. Um, you can't know Archer without knowing one of his closest companions, and that is his dog, Porthos. <laughs> so Porthos has to have an episode, so it's a night in sick bay. Wow. I, I did not see that coming. This is one of those like silly throwaway episodes. <laughs> yeah, it can, there's some fun moments when the doctor's got all those weird things happening at night. But I mean, like if you didn't, if you skipped it, I, I think I'd be okay with it. But I mean, come on now, like Porthos isn't doing well and Porthos yeah. is his buddy. Yeah. If those people killed my dog. <laughs> <laughs> so that's on there because it's Porthos centric and Porthos is, um, you know, Jonathan Archer's prized beagle. So um, to know him is to love him, right? Type of to thing. love him is to know him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's number uh, five on my list. Uh, number six is um, I don't know if you'd you'd be expecting this from one from me, dude. Okay. First flight. No, that's on my list. Hot dog. First flight. Yeah. Okay. What number is that on your list? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it's it's uh it's the next one on my list, I think. Wow. Okay. So yeah, um, so talking about first flight, Chase. So I mean, we kind of have like a little bit of like a trip down memory lane, like kind of doing like some right stuff, kind of stuff with this episode, uh, with Archer being a test pilot, among other things. Like that's kind of how he got into this program um, early on, and how he eventually rose to become a captain. And you you see like the early relationships, among other things, and um, you know like him not being able to or him not being selected to, to move forward but his his other buddy being selected to move forward um, I mean it, it just has like the whole test pilot like like more and more of his like background like that's the main reason I chose it is because we're learning more of like how Archer developed and how he became who he was and how he got to this point as captain even if it is the very end of season 2 yeah I think this is really like the only backstory we ever get to Archer. We know that his dad, you know, Henry Archer, worked with Zephram Cochran to design an engine, but that's re really all we know about him, and this is, like, the only backstory. Okay. And, and yeah, and I think it's, it's a great character moment. There's, there's a couple of really good scenes, and he's, like, the other test pilot, played by Keith Carradine, who's fantastic in everything that he does. Um, he was like, every time there's a problem with this project, you blame it on pilot error, or gravitational anomalies, or some technical malfunction. But you're going to have to face the truth this time, because there's nothing left to point a finger at. Your father designed a lousy engine. Mm. Oh, and then that starts a bar fight. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Don't you dare talk about my father like that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, and he's like, you know, and then after they, you know, they steal the test, the other, you know, the test, the test plane, and they're, they go fly without permission, and we, it's, it's also when Archer met Tucker too. Yes. Yeah, and he goes, you know what, sir, you were right, sir, we were reckless. We knew there'd be consequences. We knew we'd probably be flown out, thrown out of Starfleet. 
AG and I may never fly again, but it's a small sacrifice to make if it keeps the project going. Mm-hmm. We didn't build this engine to make test runs around Jupiter. We built it to explore. Mm-hmm. If my father were alive today, he'd be standing here asking, what the hell are we waiting for? Mm-hmm. Right? And so, you know, you see Archer. Archer the rogue. Archer the maverick. Right? And then you also see at the same time, like, this adversarial nature with the Vulcans. Like, the Vulcans are, like, trying to just hold back just enough from them. And, and that that idea there plays through Archer's, like, um, personality the entire show. How he doesn't quite trust Vulcans because they held him back and they stopped his father. And he always has this animosity toward them for holding his father back from seeing his engine fly. Right, right. Oh man. Well, why don't you why don't you go ahead and just go ahead with your next one since I did too. Okay. Okay. So, so again, these like there are these moments that don't quite make my list. Like those two episodes really didn't quite make my list. This episode it's it's not on my list now because it's not really an Archer episode, it's a Tucker episode. And so when we get to the chief engineers like in the future, like the yeah, at Howard time in the future, right? <laughs> when we get to the engineers, but like Cogenitor is an episode from season two, right? That like it's it's a Tucker episode, and um, Archer's kind of like off on his own side thing, and he's not really there for most of the episode. But I mean, he has this great quote where he's dressing down Tucker at the end of it, and he goes, "I might have expected something like this of you, like this from a first year recruit, but not you. You did exactly what I'd do." If that's true, then I've done a pretty lousy job of setting an example around here. You're a senior mm. officer on this ship. You're privy to the moral challenges I've had to face. You know I've wrestled with the fine line between doing what I think is right and, interfe- and interfering with other species. So don't tell me you know what I would have done when I don't even know what I would have done. Mm. Mm. Yeah. This is like a, a really good moment, like a character moment. He's It's his best friend. Right. And he's saying, like, I don't know what the hell we're doing out here, essentially. How can I how can I mean, I'm supposed to teach you the right thing to do, but I don't even know what the right thing is to do here in these moments. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it goes along with all those other like he doesn't have the structures to fall back on like all these other captains that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I kind of like. Like, there's not the formality. That, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like seriously. What do we do? How do we blaze a trail and figure this out to where it's it's beneficial to, in quotes, everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then if we're moving along, we're get, we're moving into season three. I'm I'm moving into season three now on my list. I'm not quite sure if you're there, but I'm moving into season three, and. Things get a little tricky in season three for me to just kind of like pick out a couple of episodes because season three is telling one big story, right? It's the Zindi story. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you know, it's a serialized story. Um, but like, and the front half, there's some good episodes in the front half, no doubt. But it, it, it really picks up in the second, in the back half of it. And I think, I think there's some fantastic storytelling here in the back half of season three and so I, I tried to like i'd say from episode 12 on that's one that counts as one right? <laughs> that still counts as one <laughs> that still counts as one <laughs> <laughs> no uh, so I, I don't like i'm like 
well, what do I pick out from the back half of season three that I think is really important? And I'm going to start with the episode Stratagem. Okay. Which is an episode where Archer goes undercover, essentially. They, they've they captured Degra, who is the Zindi who's in charge of building the weapon, who I think Degra is a fantastic character here. Like, one of the most well-flushed-out, like, non-main characters I think Star Trek's ever had. Like, I, I will go down that road. He is, Degra's an amazing character. But, like, they've captured him, and they're trying to, like, they're setting up this fake scenario where it's, like, years into the future, and... Degra and, and Archer are friends and they've just escaped prison. And I just think it's a it's a it starts off this like all of these important major things that happen in the back in the back end here. And it's just cool to see Archer go undercover and pretend to be this this person and he came up with this idea of we're doing this and it's it's a really interesting episode. Yeah. That's that's not on my list. It's not on your list, okay. No. no. Okay. Um but I do want to back up for a second because I'm I'm still in season two for a second. Okay. So this is the part where um, Archer, the commander, comes in for me. So this is my second category. Um. So this is probably one of those. Yeah, I figured it, Chase. But the Expanse is is on here for me, uh, which is the season two finale, which kicks off the Zindi thing, the Zindi um, story. And I, I chose this. I mean, it's it's probably more trip than anything um, because of like the Zindi weapon going through freaking Florida and whatnot. Um, but like, it's affecting all of us. And like, just like observing how Archer um, has a tonal shift as a character, in my opinion, um, at this point moving forward. Like, he goes from being this like, you know green you know uh, you know hopeful schoolboy of, of a captain so to speak to like oh shoot like I'm I have to like like I'm now like really commander like I'm, I'm about to go on this expedition to right a major wrong or something like that that was inflicted upon us so I think there's that um, that piece and Apart from that, like the next episode, which might be on yours, uh, Azadi Prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that was that your next one? <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the next one on okay. my list. Um, yeah, I, I think I think if we go back to the Expanse, which does at the end of season two start the Zindi story arc, there's there's a moment where Trip says to Archer, "Tell me when we get out there that we're gonna like." I don't. I, the, I can't find the quote. It's not. It's not here. But he's like, basically like, tell me that we're not going to like let the, let them off or tell me that we're going to like do everything we have to like make these people pay. And, mm-hmm. and Archer's like, we're going to we're going to stop them and I don't care what it takes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then then like if we go farther, Azadi Prime, tell me about Azadi Prime, Chase. Um, what is it? Just finding like the Zindi super weapon that we've been like all freaking out about, like that's going to come and like finish the job that it started basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, Archer being convinced that he needs to do a one way kamikaze style mission to stop it. So everyone can get the heck out of Dodge and get home mm-hmm. safely, so to speak. And it doesn't really work out. And I don't know if you have this quote, 
but it's another great archer speech. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been much better at avoiding farewells than at giving them, so I'm not even going to try. But I'm going to ask all of you to think back to the day when this ship was first launched. I'm getting goosebumps just reading this. We were explorers then. When all this is over, when Earth is safe, I want you to get back to that job. There are 400 billion stars in our galaxy. We've only explored a tiny fraction. You've a lot of work to do. Of all the captains who will sit in this chair, I can't imagine any of them being more proud than I am right now. No, that's a good quote, right? It's a good quote, right? And Ar- Archer's basically decided to go on a suicide mission mm-hmm. here to stop to stop this super weapon. But like, I think I think to me, what makes this episode like really interesting, and and the next episode, which it which it leads into, which I don't know if the next episode is on your list or it not. Is. Okay, but like, they're they found the super weapon, and then they're like, like this moon this listening outpost on a moon like spots them and there's like three people down there and archer's like destroy the comp destroy the outpost and he's like i just gave the order to murder he says murder to murder three innocent people in cold blood and it's like i don't want to have to make decisions like that anymore and you can just see like how like hard archer has turned like this mission has changed him like so much from the person that he was early on and he's like i've had to make so many tough decisions because of this and it's like eating away at me that i had to do this and i don't want to do it anymore yeah was that your number eight damage uh damage is not on my list just because I had Azadi Prime and I didn't want to put back-to-back episodes on okay. here, even though you could conceivably say Azadi Prime damage that counts as one. That still counts as one. That still counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and like just the fact that like just to tag on to like the damage thing real quick because that, that's my number nine, by the way. Um, you know, like he makes that like we're talking about like no rule book, you know, like gray gray area type decision making you know like they're stranded like the enterprise is just kind of like limping along and they have a mission to complete and he makes the decision to strand innocence basically by by taking a a component from their ship so that they can get back to this zindi thing Mm -hmm. and I mean like I think this is like I hope this isn't blasphemy, Eric, but like, I think this is like Cisco level decision making right here with what he he did with damage. Like, I think of like this and like the pale moonlight, or like um, for the cause or for the uniform. I mean, for the yep. uniform, not for the cause. Yep. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, definitely. It's he. You know, like the. The early, there's an early episode in season two where they get attacked by pirates, mm-hmm. right? And stuff Fortunate is taken son. from. No, it's just called an anomaly. Anomaly, okay. And it's when the, when they first find out about the spheres, like they get attacked by pirates, and and like, how could people do? That? How could people resort to that sort of thing? And then like now here you see. Archer is is ordering basically to steal a warp coil from from this other ship, right? And and be the pirates because his mission is more important than anything else. Yep. And you can see just how much it's changed him. Yep. Yep. 
And then then at the end, like in damage, it's like you did the right thing. Seems a longer route here. The more I have to keep telling myself that. It's like he's trying to convince himself, mm. like they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was your number eight then? All right, next on my list, um, it's actually it's only number seven. Oh. Um, next on my list is what I think may very well be the best episode of Star Trek Enterprise, like the best episode in its entire run. And, and everything that we've been doing in season three has been leading us to that moment. And it's the council. That's the next one on my list also. I mean, this is just a fantastic episode every which way you look at it. Like, Archer came into the Expanse with the idea of the Zindi are bad people. I'm going to do whatever I can to stop them, to, to destroy this weapon, yep. fight them, whatever whatever I need to do. And now he's at the he's reached the point where he's like... The Zindi are not bad people. They have been misled, right? And, and like, I'm going to try to work with them to now reach a diplomatic solution. This is no longer a military mission for me at this point. I'm on a diplomatic mission to try and resolve this. And he has fully gotten Degra to his side. Like, Degra, the weapon builder, is fully on Archer's side, like, working with him to try to convince the Zindi Council to to not launch this weapon and mm-hmm. you know talk about like going in front of a hostile audience for sure <laughs> right and then he, he's like he, he stands up there and he delivers all of his evidence he speaks confidently and he is doing everything he can to convince the zindi to stop this weapon and it's just it's a fa- it's fantastic episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i could i can't say any better than you did i mean like that's mm-hmm. that's that's Archer. That's why it's important. Important viewing for a definitive Archer list. To what you just said, Commander. Yeah, and then you know it doesn't go well at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Because some people don't want to to listen, right? right? And I think there's an important lesson to take away from there. Some people are just so set they don't want to listen no matter what. Yep. And then it ends with a pretty epic space battle, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty. It's it's shot really well yeah. too. I think like some of the angles they come and they fly over the weapon and then they fly back over. The, and it's it's pretty cool a space battle. Yeah. And then you know the next two episodes are just space battles, right? Right. There's no more like politicking at that point or diplomacy. It's just like we gotta stop the weapon. That's right. And that's so right. I, I really think that's why the council is the more interesting of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So. With, um, I mean, we've pretty much gotten through. We've pretty much got through all the um, um, Arch- Archer, the Commander episodes for me, except for one more. And um, I'm going into early uh, season four for this. Home. Okay. Home. Okay. Home. So we're talking um, third episode of of season four, and. Uh, we're we're back home after um, stopping the super weapon. Basically, spoilers: super weapon didn't do the thing, or we stopped it and stuff. <laughs> so uh, we're back home, and we're getting a hero's welcome at this point. But and, and the crew is getting some well-deserved um, shore leave for all the adventuring and the the missiony stuff that they've been doing 
uh, the, the previous season. Um, and, you know, Archer is, I mean, he's happy, but he's also come back home a changed man, like we've been, you know, talking about, like we've been alluding to, right? And um, there, there are these two moments um, that I want to point out. Uh, where first one is, you know, Archer saying, I've been told that people are calling us heroes. When it comes to my crew, you won't get any argument from me. But I think it's important that we remember the heroes who aren't with us. The 27 crewmen who didn't make it back. Without their sacrifice, I wouldn't be standing here right now. None of us would. But I'm sure I speak on behalf of my entire crew when I say it's good to be home. And I, I love that. I love that. I mean, that. I mean, again, like I know I kind of mentioned Cisco a moment ago, but like Cisco doesn't didn't read them to like read like the casualty risk just to read it like he read it because it was personal to him you know like about like the dominion war and all those that were were lost in battle and like the same idea with archer with what the crew sacrificed to make sure that earth was safe right and like the 20 i mean 27 people thank goodness it was only 27 that's still 27 too many in my in my book but i really like this moment like how he's evolved from an explorer to like a wise commander, even though he has left change from it. And I'll, I'll have another quote here in a moment, but uh, I mean, what, what do you think about that, bud? No, it's, 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 I think it's like enterprises family, right? Yeah. Like, like the, the TNG episode family. Right. And now this is like enterprises version of it. You've just been through like a harrowing, you know, mission to stop an, an enemy that's hell bent on destroying you, wiping you off of existence. And, and, you know, there's some PTSD and they didn't even get to go right home. Like they had to go do this other thing in the past before they even got to go home. And so there's like a little bit of PTSD there. And, and Archer kind of hates being called a hero. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he like tries to like go out into the woods. I came here to get away from you (laughs) from the captain Hernandez. Um, yep. Yeah. It's yeah, and it's like it's like our reset, take a break episode, but I think we're also laying the grounds in some things that happen in this episode mm-hmm. for some things later as well. Yep, and and you alluded to it, but the the interaction between Archer and Randas, you know, you said um, all I'm trying to do is get away from you, and then continues. I look at you and I see the person I was three years ago, the explorer that my father wanted me to be. I lost something out there, and I don't know how to get it back. Then Hernandez goes in and gives him a smooch. What was that? Hernandez, something I haven't done in a while. Whatever you lost, maybe I can help you find it. Yeah. So just like this, you know, coming to grips with who am I now? Much like Picard with Robert at the vineyard. Like mm-hmm. they took every everything I was, my individuality... I mean, just short of crying, you know, uh, with mud on them. But, but still, um, I like this. Like that, we're 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 moving from again, like this explorer to this commander to him being more tempered and like kind of synthesizing the two into what he's about to become in my book. So, um, I have three left on my list. So I have I have three left on my list. Perfect. Okay, so I love me the mess out of season four of Star Trek Enterprise. Um, it is 
probably one of my favorite seasons like of Star Trek. Like this this is what like a lot of people thought the show was going to be the entire time, like the founding of the Federation. And there's like several stories arcs in here, but like one of them that really stands out to me is like it's like the Vulcan awakening story. Right? And it's three episodes and and I could say the Forge Awakening Kirshara. That still counts as one. <laughs> still counts as one. But I mean, to me, I think the episode that stands out among those is the last episode of that arc, and that's Kirshara. Okay, tell me about Kirshara. Well, you know, it's the it's part three of a three part arc, right? Where basically the Vulcan High Command is basically trying to start a war with Andoria and they're trying to blame it blame it on these Cyrenites and it's like who are Vulcans who don't don't they they follow a different path right they follow the true teachings of Serac who brought logic to them and um, it gets a little complicated in there about why they had to bomb the Earth Embassy to blame it on the Cyrenites so they could arrest them because they're pacifists and they would they would stop like the Vulcan High Command from launching this preemptive strike against Andoria but essentially Archer and T'Pol they head out into the into the desert to, to meet these Cyrenites and eventually Archer gets Sirox Katra put inside of him and uh, you know we come to the end of this of this this story which is like where the Vulcans start to become the Vulcans that we know them yeah. right in yeah. in previous previous future Star Trek right right, right. and so um, I, I, it's just a really really good story to me and I think you know, Archer becomes enlightened by having, by meeting these Cyrenites and having this Katra in him. And it's cool. And at the end, they leave us with this, you know, these these two Vulcans, Tapau, who from the episode, right, um, Amok Time, yep. right? Young Tapau. You may be witnessing the start of a new era, not only for Vulcan, but for Earth as well. And then Saval, Ambassador Saval, comes in. The ministry intends to pursue a less aggressive policy towards your people. And then Tapau goes, you'll no longer be looking over your shoulder. It's time for Earth to stand on its own. Mm. And Archer goes, we're ready. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a really good, really good arc. And I, and I think that final episode is the standout episode for me. That's good. That's good. Is that on your list? It was not on my list. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one I have, and this is what starts um, the third and final category for me, Archer the Founder. Okay. Um, and we're, we're in season. I'm definitely in season four. I mean, I was with home, but I'm definitely in season four still. Um, and that is Demons. Okay. Did you like skip over something or did you just like No. No, okay. No. I mean I, there is other stuff. Yeah, but like okay. I already have a ridiculously long list. So Okay. All right. Demons. Yep. So I know this is probably like one of your favorites just because section thirty one is involved. Orsa. 
It's okay. <laughs> Go to your happy. <laughs> Go to your happy place. It's okay. Uh, I mainly chose this because um, we are we've been out in the stars um, doing stuff, but we're also dealing with stuff at home. Like as we move closer and closer to this formalization of what we're going to know as the UFP in the in the not too distant future. And part of what's going on in this episode is like the whole xenophobia piece and news of like, you know, interspecies kind of baby stuff going on. And um, I, I, I just see this as like an important episode in general um, with Archer because of how it's it's dealing with stuff at home for the broader context of what it is that he's going to help found. So maybe it's like a left-handed way of it being an Archer episode, but that's just my justification for it. No, I, I, this, this is on my list and, and I put, I put demons and Terra prime as one. Okay. These like, it's a two part episode. It's the, the two part series finale. To, to Star Trek Enterprise. And my next one was Terra Prime also. Okay, yeah. I yeah. put those as one because okay. it's, I mean, like, some you can put things as one. And it's it's one. Like, you know, Endgame is one episode. So is this is one episode. <laughs> and, I, and I actually put in my notes, should have been the series finale, Terra Prime. It is the series finale. Okay. It is. Okay, got this it. This is the two-part series finale of Star Trek Enterprise. Got it. <laughs> No, but I think I think yeah, there's like we've been out exploring and we're coming home and we're going to create the feder the coalition of planets. We're going to make a charter to that. And you know, it starts at the beginning. It's like this guy just gave a speech and didn't mention anything we did out there. <laughs> Took all the credit for himself. But I think there's like a big lesson to be learned here. Like like I'll, I'll, I know a lot of people like I, listen I don't care where you stand politically and I don't want this to get overtly political but like there are a lot of people that will could could watch this episode um, you know demons Terra prime and see a lot of parallels to current current polit the current political environment in this country. Um, and like I don't want to get too much into that because this is supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be you know. But there are people that could read something yeah. into to what happened with the the former president, right? And and some of his followers, some not some of his followers, but some of the people that corrupted the message that he was trying to say. Sure. Okay. So like this guy. Peter Weller, RoboCop. It's funny, like Peter Weller has had a long career, but all anyone ever remembers is RoboCop or calls. Mm -hmm. They just it's RoboCop. It's RoboCop. Like, yeah, but he's had such a long and, and career, but it's RoboCop, and you know he, he shows back up in Star Trek Into Darkness, and he plays a good Star Trek bad guy. Yeah, he but does. he's like you know he's like a new era is at hand, an era that will expose the concept of interspecies unity as an absolute and vicious lie. An arrow that will witness the advent of a human-centered consciousness that will place our world before all the others. As of this moment, mankind casts off the shackles of alien interference and now determines its own fate. Terra Prime forever. Hmm. I mean, it's like so stupid because 
you know, the whole point of the Federation is that we're stronger when we're together, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, it's through our infinite diversity and infinite combinations that we can, like, become stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another favorite quote of mine from Terra Prime, since we're already there, um, Archer's addressing this uh, delegation, basically, like these people sitting at a table. Um, it says, um, up until about 100 years ago, there was one question that burned in every human that made us study the stars and dream of traveling to them. Are we alone? Our generation is privileged to know the answer to that question. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores, and yet... The more I've experienced, the more I've learned that no matter how far we travel or how fast we get there, the most profound discoveries are not necessarily beyond that next star. They're within us, woven into the threads that bind us, all of us, to each other. The final frontier begins in this hall. Let's explore it together. And the first person to give him a standing O, Ambassador Saval. Mm-hmm. Let's go, somebody. Yeah. Let's go. No, it's it's good stuff, and that's like, you know, big big speech, big big Archer moment in in the series finale of Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> it is. There's no episodes after this. <laughs> You're right. It's a holodeck program. There's no episode after this. No, it, it's a good episode, right? It, Two part, two parter, right? And and I just, I think it's really strong. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good lessons that we can be learned. It's not subtle, but you know what? Star Trek's not not never been subtle, right? Right. It's not as like bonk you in the head as some things on Discovery are, but like it's it's not exactly subtle. Yeah. Did um did you have any other episodes that we? I did. I had an episode before before we got to Demons and Terror okay. Prime. Okay. And and it's another this this is this one might be like I'm surprised if you're talking about like Archer the founder how how is this not in there and there's this three part episode there in the middle right it's uh, Babel one United and the NR mm-hmm. and I I picked that out of that I picked United which is the middle the middle episode of that three part as the real standout moment for me and this is just this is Archer he's He's bringing together the founders of the Federation, humans, Vulcans, Tellarites, Andorians, and this is the first time they've ever worked together on a joint mission because now we have a common enemy, these Romulans, or this, we don't necessarily know it's the Romulans yet, but this marauder that's like has this holographic ship that's making it look like everybody is attacking everybody else. But Archer's like, humans can be the person to lead this because we get along with everybody. And one thing that humans do well is we build we build relationships, we build communities, and there's no reason why we can't become friends. And and that's that's even like a quote from Shran in here. That Shran, like, there's no reason our people can't become allies. And Archer's like, I agree. And he, mm-hmm. and he, he forms this united coalition of all of our former founder uh, you know all of our future founders of the federation right and we see uh, we see a handful of them there in terra prime mm-hmm. yep sitting at and the I table i just think it's it's a, it's just a really and then and then there's like this hand to hand ritual combat between archer and shran in the middle of this episode <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really fantastic episode, and I, and I like that. I like that story arc. I do too. I I was just, it's don't get me wrong, it is a hundred percent important. Um, but one, I figured it was going to be up on your list, so I didn't list it. And two, they show up in Terra Prime. Okay. okay. And look, dude, call it call it what you will, but this show. It's called These Are the Voyages. So it's got to be on here, regardless of what you think. Even if we we get, like, all the, the, the stuff that happens in, like, those first, whatever, 58 minutes or whatever, and then, like, the last minute, we actually get to start to see the founding of the Federation. I have no idea what you're referring to. Let's just go, go, turn, go to the holodeck and turn it on. I have no idea what you're okay. referring to. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Go. I. I mean, I played that bit out. Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me what you think. That already, already did. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I just feel like we already solved the dilemma of the Pegasus much better when we had the episode the Pegasus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there's a speech that we don't even get to hear. Right. Like, if we got to hear the speech, I mean, I think that's one thing, but, like, we don't even get to hear his speech. Yep. But we're there in a big old nice room with some fancy-looking uniforms. Yeah, and then they do the whole, you know, space, the final frontier with all of the different captains. Yep. It's a cool It's a cool moment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's it, though. That's all I got. Okay. Do you have any more on your list, or was that it? Nope, I'm done. That's my list. Okay, so I might have missed one, but um, the list that I have for you was Andorian Incident, Detain, uh-huh. Shockwave, First Flight. Uh, I think I missed one after First Flight. Uh, No. Stratagem. Stratagem. Um, let's see. Azadi Prime. Uh-huh. The, the Council. Uh-huh. Kirshara. Uh-huh. Uh, Babel. United A&R mainly, uh-huh. mainly United but yeah uh-huh. and then the Demons Terra Prime yeah that's it that's 10 wow I, I'm good we're good yeah well, there it is that's it gang that is our <laughs> definitive Archer and just to recap my list um, so the list that I came up with was uh, Broken Bow Terra Nova The Andorian Incident Shockwave A Night in Sick Bay First Flight The Expanse Azadi Prime, Damage, The Council, Home, Demons, Terra Prime, and These Are the Voyages. Okay. You had a few more on your list. I did. Captain's prerogative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that still only comes as one. <laughs> Demons and Terra Prime, count that as one. Yeah, so like I was like doing like um I was just trying to do like a quick little uh whatchamadoo. Hold on a second, let me see if I can do this on the fly. Um Come on. We actually had a lot of of overlap, dude. Yeah, that tends to happen. So let's see. Just I'm just doing this real quick. It looks like of my fourteen, there were one, two, three, four, five, six. 
seven. I so I had demons and terror prime apart, but whatever. So like I, like I guess six. We had six overlapping, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. good yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, good. Ne- not consulting each other on lists and look look what happened. Look what happened. Yeah. Look what happened. Oh man. Well, <clears throat> there is no Twitter poll, but there will be one um, on the upcoming um, or previous, depending on how you're listening to this stuff. Um, Prodigy episode. Uh, so make sure you turn tune in for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at, man. Um, we're, we we've gotten through all of the captains, finally, finally, finally. So, Eric, do we want to bite off more than we can potentially chew, and uh, and try and get all the first officers done in the in twenty twenty three? I mean, I think we can get five of them done in twelve months. It's okay. like one every other month. I think we can. I think we can do that. But who's the first officer of Discovery? I wasn't thinking about Discovery. Okay. I was saying. Well, hold on. Here's the question. In season two, is Michael Burnham the first officer? No, she's not. Mm-hmm. Is she? She's only the first officer for like. A minute. The pilot episode, right? Yeah. And then for like the first half of season three, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. That's it. That's yeah. it, right? Yep. I'm just talking about the five of the five. Okay. Spock, Riker, Kira, Chakotay, Topal. Okay. All right. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Let's let's do it. Definitely. Let's Definitely, see what happens. Right. I don't know where we're going to start, but whom we're going to start with. I mean, we could always just go in order. Like we could just start with Spock and work our way to yeah, know, work our I, way to. Um, yeah, that's to not Paul. the order we. That's not the order we did the the captains. In. No, <laughs> we did them all. We really what did we do? We did Picard, Kirk, Janeway, Cisco, and then Archer. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll we'll get it out there. It'll be fine. We'll get it out there. It, we'll do it. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you as always for uh, for jibber jabbering with me about Star Trek stuff. It's always appreciated. Yeah. yeah, I always I always enjoy myself. Good, good. Well, um, as we as we get out of here, um, if you enjoyed this episode, like we'd love to hear about it. You know, um, do you have some essential um, Captain Archer episodes that maybe didn't make our list? Uh, we would love to hear about that. Um, you can um, tell us about that, what you thought of the show, future ideas for the show, maybe future um, episode ideas for us to consider even for um, like first officer or engineer or science officer, whatever type episodes we, we put out in the future. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. You can also check us out at TRTVPod.com. You can learn more about the show. Uh, find ways to support the show. Uh, if you like what we're doing, you want to keep the dilithium, um, you know, in, in good supply, you can consider supporting us financially on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash these are the voyages. Um, other than that, if you want to um, get in contact with us, you can open up handling frequencies and um, enter in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. 
You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there is a three-minute limit before something happens. I don't have anything ominous right now, so just be quick about it. Um, other than that, if you want to <laughs> mail us something, you can do that. Make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.